afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. I'd like to call in the ancestors. I call out to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to be with us here today. It is their dreaming of a future that brought us here to this planet. It is on their shoulders that we stand. And we call out to them, all who went before us, those who lived passionately and were able to bring their true gifts to the world, those who lived gently on the earth and found good balance with all of their relations. We call out to all of those ancestors that found some way to realize themselves, their own uniqueness in their life. And we ask for those teachings to find their way down those ancestral lines to us today to help us as we continue this conversation about transformation and how to live well in the world. So we call out to the ancestors to gather round us, to hold us well, to contain our proceedings here today, that what needs to be heard may be heard, what needs to be spoken will be spoken, and all that needs to transpire in this day will evolve in a good way, in a way that supports all life in all forms. We call out to the energy of the earth below. We call out to this beautiful being and we give thanks to her for all that has been in our lives that has brought us to this moment for all that is, and for all that will be. We give thanks to the earth for place, for grounding, for connection, and ultimately for belonging. We give thanks to the earth and we ask that in this day may we draw from these proceedings in a way that allows us to go forward in a way that we can walk more gently on this planet, to dance in a way that pleases her, and to open our heart to the interconnectedness of all things on this planet, because this is the dream the earth dreamt of life here on earth. Let us participate in this dream today. Let us reach up and call in the energy of the sky above, bringing the energy down, all the wisdom of the cosmos, and by whatever name you call that highest power in the universe, call it down into our proceedings here today to go... (coughs) Excuse me, to come into the center of our proceedings, to bring us blessings and generosity, and to come around us, to bring us protection, to bring the benevolence of our universe to us, that we might go forward in a good way, focused on what needs to be done, and letting our energy come together within us, so that we might each feel supported and guided in bringing our own soul's purpose into manifestation in our life. So with the sky coming down and merging with the earth coming up within each one of us and the ancestors standing round, we call out to all of our helping spirits to gather round us. And I invite each one of you to call out to the energy of your own heart. We call out to the energy of the heart to be with us here today, the place that merges the passions of our own deep, deep felt self with the wisdom and the clarity and the guidance of our mind. And we bring these energies together in the heart that we might clarify for ourselves why we are here and find that path to live it today. So I thank you all for joining me here today. Today we're continuing this discussion about transformation, and we're asking the question here today, is shamanism a path to enlightenment? 
Now, the answer to this question is no and yes. So we'll explore why this is so as a way of continuing this conversation about what is true transformation. If you're going to spend your time and your energy and your resources working on yourself or reaching for transformation in some way, we want to do our best to guide you so that those efforts are fruitful and that the expenditure of time and energy and resources is efficient and effective for you. And there are so many options available for you today, and so many of them are not going to help you at all. So it is my hope this March, with the energy of springtime stirring us all and causing our energy to rise and get ready to blossom, it is my hope to help you and me to direct this exciting emerging energy within each one of us in a good way, to direct this energy in directions that will be both effective um, for you and conservative of your resources. So today we're looking at this question of enlightenment, and partly because my own personal inbox is filled with um, uh, contrary messages about this whole issue. So we're asking, is shamanism a path to enlightenment? Well, Shaman Portal, which is a gateway site, shamanportal.com, on the Internet for many, many, many shamanic things. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. So Shaman Portal people asked prominent people in the world of shamanism to offer blessings for the new year. And Michael Harner, the founder for the Foundation of Shamanic Studies, sent this message in. The shamanic path is not a path traditionally intended to achieve enlightenment. It has never been typically a path for self-improvement. It has been a path followed because people cared for other people and felt compassion for them and wanted to help them through healing and alleviating their suffering. In following that path, gifts were then given them that were totally unexpected. By working in that way, spirits, well, by working in the way that spirit seems to want us to work, they help us in alleviating suffering and pain and give the healers gifts to help them work more successfully. This then changes them, meaning the healers, and they are never the same again. They are indeed enlightened, but that is not the intention. It is just a result. And as the shaman works to heal others, the shaman himself or herself is healed because of that desire, meaning the desire to heal others, not uh, the desire to become enlightened. And so here Michael is really very simply and beautifully expressing what is has traditionally been true about shamanism. And so in this case, or I would say yes to what Michael is saying, and the other thing that we know traditionally about shamanism is that shamanism is the way shamanic people pre-contact learned how to become spiritual adults. In other words, through their direct relationship with spirit, they came to them through whatever their culturally sanctioned means of communicating with spirit was, whether it was plant hallucinogens or journeying with a drum or whatever, that they learned, these people learned about the responsibilities energetically and spiritually of adults versus children. And through their relationship with the spirit world, they learned about the role of initiation in making that transition through the gateway of childhood to adulthood 
and they learned how to do that, how to create initiatory experiences. They learned the importance of doing it and how to do it. And so one of the things I found um, in researching uh, for the Encyclopedia of Shamanism is there are many, many, many pre-contact cultures where the researcher would just make a blanket statement that all of the men were shamans or all of the women were shamans. Or, and, and what they were really saying is all of the men or women that the, that the researcher had observed all of the men or all of the women involved in entering into the culturally sanctioned altered state. Because one of the misunderstandings has always been this idea that the ability to enter into this altered state makes you a shaman. Instead of understanding what we are more clear about now is that the ability to enter an altered state makes you human. Every single one of you has the capacity to enter altered states. What makes a shaman a shaman is the calling to to the work from the spirit world, not the particular ability to journey, but really more it has to do with the quality of the shaman's heart and the relationship with spirit, not the actual technique of journeying. So what were these researchers observing in these cultures? What they were observing was a ceremonial or a ritual process these people were participating in wherein the adults were connecting with spirit to ask whatever questions they needed to ask to find out about how to do whatever they're supposed to be doing as a grown-up in their life. And so whether this is um, all the men taking a pena snuff in South America or whether this is um, men or women with their drums in the Arctic regions all around the globe doing divinations about their family, that, that the grown-ups um, engaged in what we would call shamanic practices, but basically divinatory practices, a direct relationship with spirit to guide them in being you know, good adults. So the other thing that the spirits have always offered us, even if we look back at traditional shamanism, is one of the... So if you look again at the Arctic shamans, okay, so living in the Arctic is challenging because you don't you know, get to grow crops up there. You either succeed in hunting or you die. Okay, so when the animals would become scarce, everyone would go to the shaman. Ah, the animals are scarce. We're all going to die. The shaman would journey. The shaman would journey into the bottom of the sea because that's where the mistress of the animals lived from their perspective of the universe. And the shaman would ask her for more animals. And she would say, well, sure, you can have my animals again if, when you deserve them. And he would say, well, what needs to happen? And the spirit world would reaffirm the standards for that community living together. Most often, the medicine to bring the animals back was that the people needed to come back into right relationship with each other. They needed to practice the values that they all professed to share. So the shaman would come back from the journey, and there would be a big communal truth fest of everybody having to to come clean about what was going on and and coming back into right relationship with themselves. So here here again, we have traditional shamanic practices where the medicine the shaman is bringing back is once again teaching people to be spiritual grown-ups. So in this way, we see that, yes, shamanism is the practice of shamans, but it is also the guidance for how we learn to grow up. So, again, it is yes and no. So join me again after this break as we continue 
with um, exploring shamanism and its role in our transformation. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we're talking about shamanism and its role in transformation, and we're looking at this in terms of whether or not shamanism is a path to enlightenment. So, um, referring back to Michael Horner's quote, did shamans use shamanism as a path to enlightenment? No, not directly. They used it as guidance to find their own heart path, as did people in shamanic cultures used it as guidance to find their own heart path or their own unique self. And as Ken Wilber explained so beautifully for us, the unique self is the way that the one true self shows up uniquely in every sentient being. So each one of us has this unique self. The shamanic paradigm focuses on life as an expression of that unique self. It doesn't focus on life as a effort to find enlightenment. It focuses on an effort to express your uniqueness. So, shamanically speaking, they weren't really looking for enlightenment. They were looking for their path of heart and that they wanted to walk that path to completion. And in doing so, some did find enlightenment, as Michael says, as a result, not as an intention, because in relationship with spirit, spirit does bestow gifts. From our perspective, they feel like gifts. Um, whenever anyone enters into a working relationship with spirit. And as we have discussed many times before, everyone is entitled to develop a working relationship with spirit. You simply may need to learn skills to do it. You're not entitled to make up any way you want to do that because there are certain energetic principles here we all need to function within, but you are entitled to that relationship with spirit. You just simply may need to learn to use some skills to do it. So... I'm sort of wondering here, perhaps the greatest block in our search for enlightenment today is precisely that, that we are searching for enlightenment, that we seek the enlightenment itself without understanding its purpose. Um, in other words, we are, we are looking for enlightenment from a place of spiritual ambition, and one of the things Michael Harner is speaking of is a much humbler orientation to life, to just to do your best and in doing what you're called to do, to be compassionate and caring for others. You know, perhaps enlightenment comes more easily as a direct, uh, more easily as a result of something, not as the intent. Maybe it comes to us more easily simply through the quality of our relationship with spirit and our life, not as the target um, th- this this reminds me very much as as I thought about many things writing the encyclopedia of plant hallucinogens and the effort in the 60s to isolate the active ingredient chemically in all of these plant hallucinogens and then to to use that chemical and how naively we approached these chemicals and treated them as if they were somehow the same as or even better than actually taking the plant as the plant taught us to use it, in the ceremonial setting that plant taught us to use, um, for the reasons we were originally given by the plants to use them. I think there is something to be said for that sort of ambitious effort to get to the, you know, the, the money shot, to get to the thing that is the, 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 somehow the core, instead of recognizing the journey matters. The journey always matters. And it's the quality of the journey that we're really talking about. Okay, so the other side of this issue 
about is shamanism a path to enlightenment is the other stuff in my inbox. And if your inbox is anything like mine in your mail program, you're getting emails every day from people hawking their wares, promising you everything, including enlightenment, from a single weekend class in shamanism. And, of course, I have discussed before the need for all of us to become unseducible to advertising, and that is an issue in and of itself. So with shamanism, as with everything else, we need to be very careful of people promising outcomes. Particularly with shamanism, you need to be very careful of people promising outcomes. Some make these promises out of naivete. They've just gotten introduced to shamanism. They took a bunch of workshops. They can't wait to introduce you to it. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but which it is. But as Ken Wilber explains to us in Integral Spirituality, the, the, the states of consciousness can be achieved at all different levels of growing up. So the fact that someone's had this breakthrough and now they want to teach you, I mean, they may be at a level of growing up that you're beyond. So anyway, my point is they may be making these promises out of naivete. They may be making it out of very, very savvy marketing. There's nothing like selling people initiation to get people to put their money down and go. But either way, you are still the one who ends up having to choose. And what you need to understand about life, but also in particular shamanism, is no one can guarantee you the outcome. What shamanism, classes in shamanism, can offer you is skills. What shamanism can offer you is processes for change and transformation, healing. Healing is really just change or transformation. Shamanism even offers you, can potentially offer you an entirely new approach to life if you're working with any of the better teachers in shamanism. But the outcome is still entirely dependent on you and your willingness to step up and take action and your primary relationship with spirit. Not the shamans, not the teachers, but your relationship with spirit. Shamanism can also, if ritual work is involved, shamanism might even be a way that can take you through processes of transformation. But the outcome is still not guaranteed. Just because you pay your money, you go to Peru, and you participate in traditional initiations in Peruvian shamanism, that does not necessarily mean you will become initiated. And we, as consumers of these experiences, need to understand the way the relationships with spirit works and how it works with shamanism in particular. No one can guarantee you initiation. No one. It doesn't matter how powerful the shamans are you're working with, how far you travel to go to them. It is not a guarantee of that experience. That experience comes through you, the choices you make, and what your true calling is. So, the other thing you need to understand as a, as a person who's going to mobilize your resources, your time, energy, and money towards these things, is that if you're not being asked to change your paradigm in your work with shamanic teachers, there will be no enlightenment. Shamanism isn't a way to get around the fact that you still have to wake up and grow up if you want to become enlightened. It's just how it works. There's no way around that. So what we really see here is 
these two extremes. One, saying, you know, shamanism is only the training of shamanic healers, which is a limited view. It is correct, but it is not the whole story of what shamanism is and can be. But also, people offering you everything in the kitchen sink through shamanism, which is, which is false advertising. And hopefully, we're all growing up and coming to understand here that what we are looking for in life is processes, skills and skills coming together in processes that allow us to transform. And we are also looking then for some guidance in that transformation so that those transformations bring us to the unfolding of our unique self. And that would be the shamanic ideal. Along the way, it would be lovely if that would occur in a way that allows us to gain enlightenment. That's how I look at it. And that that last element I brought in is important, you know, that element of the teacher. Because I often speak with people on the phone who have had these really powerful transformational experiences, breaking through um, different states of consciousness, coming to complete oneness with all things when they go to, you know, meditation retreats or yoga retreats or these shamanic um, trips off to other countries or any of these intensive experiences. Because anything you do that lasts more than three days is going to potentially create real transformation. Anything, by the way, that you do that's less than three days won't. But that has to do with the fact that we can all, no matter how mentally unwell we might be, hold it together for two days. It's that third day that we start to be impacted by things. But anyway... Back to what I was saying, that third piece that is important is the person who is on the outside of your transformational experience who can guide you. Because I talk to these people often who have had these huge transformational experiences, experienced oneness with all things, come back home to their lives and are utterly lost and don't know how to reintegrate into their life, how to do day-to-day stuff, how to parent their children, how to how to know whether to quit their job or not. All of these things are common. And the problem that I see with this is it's people engaged in experiences that are creating moments of transformation without any larger picture encompassing that process. So there's not any... So it's enlightenment, just for the pure sake of enlightenment, versus a sense of... You know, um, an organizing principle, which is which I have in my life, I guess I would say, which works for me, which is that everything that I engage in needs to move me towards a fuller and more um, accurate expression of my soul's true purpose, my unique self, that I am here to allow the universe to know itself through me, as are each of you. That is why we are here, that the oneness, we are each a facet of the oneness, of this multifaceted diamond of existence, and that we we reach a facet of that, and that we need to open that facet up and to express the energy of the oneness through ourselves and through our life in that unique expression. And if we choose not to do that, that is an avenue that is closed, and the oneness never knows itself through that possible reality. And this is what I truly believe is our reason for existing, not to gain enlightenment in this sort of spiritual 
ambitious way so that, that you know, you I gained enlightenment, but more the sense that I am here to do what I have come here to do, to be that uniqueness. And through my humble and passionate expression of that true self, you can trust you will gain enlightenment along the way. You will gain healing. You will heal others. You will, you will teach. You will learn. All of these things that are so bring such richness to our human experience are all part of that process of living in a way that everything is in service of your bringing your uniqueness to the world. So you do that through your parenting, through your work, through how you choose to live your life. And that within that comes an understanding of what are the essence energies that you are here to tend? What are the things that matter that without them life would not be worth living? And to commit yourself to those energies and to live as an expression of these things that have meaning for you and to trust that in that heartfelt way of living your life that, um, that the enlightenment will come as you choose to engage in transformation. And that living in this heartfelt way and expressing your true, unique self in the world isn't going to happen if you don't engage in your life and participate in a kind of transformational process. It's not enough to just be a good person. If it was, we would live in a very, very, very different world. And so there's evidence all around that to do what you've come to do here to do, you must choose stand up, gain skills, become a person of power, and work with spirit to do it. So with that said, we're going to our next break, and I hope you'll all join me as we continue this conversation about shamanism, enlightenment, and transformation. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are continuing a conversation that we started last week about shamanism and transformation and enlightenment. And so we're posing the question today, is shamanism a path to enlightenment? And basically, the answer we're coming around to is, no, it's not, and that that's a good thing. That shamanic trance states are task-oriented. Remember, human beings can enter a huge array, a huge range of shamanic trance states, huge ones, many, many, all the yoga traditions, all the meditation traditions, all the plant hallucinogens, dancing, singing, chanting. These are not all the same state. They're all different. And the shamanic trance states are a little wedge in that huge range of trance states that humans can enter. And that they are in particular task-oriented. In other words, you are entering into these trance states to do something, to accomplish something. Traditionally, the shaman is entering into the trance state to um, divine what the problem is and then to remedy the problem. And that often involves doing something in the journey world, in the trance state world, so that we get a desired effect out here in the physical world. So that's traditional, that traditionally then that's shamanism in the shamanic trance state. So how does that relate to you? What if you're not a shaman? Well, the way this relates to you is that one of the tasks we can do in a shamanic trance state is we can ask a question. We can go with the intention to get an answer to a question. So as an adult trying to find your way in the world, trying to figure out what you're doing here and how to best do it, you have this opportunity then to use the shamanic trance state to ask questions. 
You can also use a divination tool to ask questions, like tarot cards. You can do that as well. What you gain from shamanic journeying, because it is an experienced trance state, you, you, it's a physical experience uh, um, in an energetic way, is that you end up having direct and, continue, and direct contact with the spirit world. So if you're in an ongoing working relationship with spirit, then you're having direct and continuous contact with spirit. This does rub off on you, and this is what Michael is referring to, is there is a result in working with spirit um, that benefits us along our own path of transformation and ultimately enlightenment. I know that for me, working with clients, and I am deeply grateful to all of my clients who come to me for shamanic healing, because in, in the service of my clients and their questions and their needs, I end up asking spirit questions I would never think to ask. And I have learned so much about how the universe works, how things work for us here as humans in this place, how our energy needs to work together, what do we need to do to truly attend to the care and feeding of a soul. All of these things have come as I've observed and experienced the answers to my clients' questions and and their healing. And so in this way, through this constant relationship with spirit, constant working relationship with spirit, we gain answers, we gain illumination, and ultimately if we put those answers into action in our life, I believe that ultimately we can gain enlightenment. But again, I'm wondering if enlightenment isn't more easily obtained if it's not the point, if it is a result, a side effect of actually endeavoring to express that unique self that is your face of the one true self. So now, if you're looking at my website, lastmasscenter.org, you would see the cycle of transformation, and some people call that my signature work. And so if you've been listening to what I've been saying and looking that at the website, you might say, well, Christina, what gives? You offer classes in shamanism that promise transformation. And yeah, you would be right. And so does that make me a hypocrite? I hope not. I believe that shamanism is the technology of transformation. Not necessarily the technology of enlightenment, but I also believe, as Ken Wilber and many others believe, we must transform ourselves to become enlightened. So, back to shamanism. So, shamanism is a path. Shamanism can be a path to gain the skills and the ability to guide your own personal transformation. And that is what I offer in the cycle of transformation. Essentially, what is the technology in terms of shamanic skills and personal work skills necessary for you as a contemporary person to get your energy out of the past, out of the future, into the present moment, so that you can discover why you are here and do it? And that's basically it. So shamanism is, becomes a valid path of transformation for those of us who are willing to do three things. One is to learn to have direct communication with spirit, to maintain a good and healthy relationship with spirit, and to use the answers that you receive from that relationship with spirit. So that's step one. So shamanism can be a valid path of transformation if you're willing to learn to journey and to support the relationships that you create with spirit through that journey. 
Shamanism is a valid path of transformation if you are willing to learn the personal growing up skills that are similar to those taught to shamans in their training and to use them to actually face your own fears and to grow up. And so this would fit in in the integral spirituality in the side of the graph or whatever that's talking about psycho-spiritual maturity. How do we move up through levels of psycho-spiritual maturity? And I believe that shaman. my experience is that shamanism is a very effective tool for that, not just for myself, but with others, with the students that have studied with me. And that finally, the third piece here is that you are working, you are using, you're bringing these skills, both shamanic and personal, to bear on your life under the guidance of initiated shaman who will help to sort of guide your overall process through their relationship with spirit so that you have a sense of really getting onto your path. So now there is a fourth thing that you allow all of these experiences, one, two, and three, your own shamanic skills and relationship with spirit, your growing up skills and your relationship with the shaman, you allow all of these things to change you and to shift your paradigm. And that if you do these things, shamanism can be a valid path of transformation. So, to be clear, shamanism is not a valid path of transformation if you are just going through the trainings that most people are offering about how to be a shaman. Because that's only valuable to people who are called to be shamans. So you don't need those techniques unless that being a shaman is your calling. And that's what most shamanic training is about. And what's important is for you to learn to use shamanic skills in the service of your soul's purpose and your true calling. And so if you're just involved in a shamanic training program that's teaching you to be a shaman, that is not necessarily a valid path of transformation for you unless that's your calling. Because I'm really talking about learning to work on yourself, um, not necessarily learning to heal others, unless that's what you're called to do. So shamanism is not a valid path of transformation if you're just running off to other countries to experience, quote-unquote, authentic shamanism just because it's exotic to you. Exotic doesn't necessarily mean authentic. Um, So, of course, the shamanism in... Peru or wherever is authentic for Peruvians, but is it authentic for you? That is their path, but that path rolls out in the context of their culture. Is your culture anything like the cultures you're traveling off to to experience shamans in? So is that path an authentic path of transformation for you? Depends on a whole lot of variables, and it may not be. You will be experiencing authentic shamanism for the people of that culture, But that does not guarantee you the outcome, as I was saying earlier. Just the fact that you're with shamans in other cultures who are powerful and initiated shamans in that culture doesn't guarantee what you're going to get from that experience. And that it is completely valid to do authentic shamanism right here at home in your own backyard because because the authenticity of shamanism comes through the relationship with spirit not necessarily through the tradition or the exotic nature of where you've gone to. So there are reasons, while shamanism is a valid path of transformation, not every path of shamanism is for every person. 
So I hope you'll join me as we come back from this next break as we wrap up this conversation about shamanism and transformation and enlightenment. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are talking about shamanism as a technology for transformation. So shamanism has always been a technology for when humanity has lost its way, whether that is all of us or one of us losing our way, that that the path back has often been to communicate with spirit, to find out what, and to make that direct connection with spirit to help us find our way back to the path. One of the things my understanding from working with spirit is that the spirit world knows we fall away from the path. They know we make messes. They know we're enormously creative, which means half the time we're screwing things up. That's known about us, and it's partly why we are so interesting, infinitely interesting to the spirit world, and it's why they come to help us because we really can't be left to our own devices. We just ruin everything because we make all of these creative messes. And that the spirit world helps us to guide that energy towards a possible future. It's the only way indigenous people could possibly have made decisions that were good for the next seven generations. You can't think that far ahead. There's no way to know all the variables that will come into play for seven generations. But in working with spirit, to guide us back on the path, we can find that. And so what we're really looking at is that possibility as we move forward towards transformation of working with spirit to find our own direct, authentic path to our own unique expression of self versus a path that is designed sort of one-size-fits-all. If all humans do this, they will all reach attain enlightenment. Well, that's fine, But what about that unique self? What is the point of that enlightenment in and of itself? It is if it is not allowing you to express that unique expression of the one self that is your task to do in this life. So for my money, obviously, my money is on that unique, um, tailored, authentic path for you that can can only come through our relationship with spirit. So I guess what this really comes back down to is you and your relationship with your unique self. Um, So what if you were capable of clearing the way right now, right here today, to embody, to feel, and to see through the eyes of your own divinity? What if you could clear the way for that divine self, to feel it in your body, to feel it in your heart, to know it within yourself, and to see yourself and your life through the eyes of that divinity. What if you could become accountable right now to all of the moments in your past that you left yourself behind? What if you could become accountable to all those moments and to clear those issues so that all of you that is lost in the shadow is now available to you, bringing forward your gifts, your humor, your sensuality, your sexuality, and all those aspects of ourself that get locked in the shadow? What if right now, You could feel the freedom from all the stories that you carry that define reality for you and limit your perspective of the future. 
what if right now you had the freedom to let go of those stories that cripple the dreamer within you? What if right now you could clear the way to completely embody, to feel in your heart and see through the eyes of your unique self, that self that is your expression of the one true self that people seek through enlightenment? What if right now you could clear the way to embody and feel and see through the eyes of that uniqueness? What if right now you could hold a vision of yourself as you are in this moment in equal regard with that unique self or that divine self? What if you could love yourself exactly as you are in this moment and all those aspects of yourself that you don't love? What if you could hold all of that with absolutely unconditional acceptance, with compassion, with humor, and with love for all the dynamics of who you are in this moment? What if right now you could hold your body, every single cell, every single part of your body in gratitude for being the vehicle you have chosen to express your unique self in this lifetime? What if you could honor your body as the right place, the right time, the right vehicle for all you have come here to do? What if you could hold your heart open and clear? What if you could clear everything out of the way so your heart could be strong and full? What if your heart never hesitated to express the beauty and the magnificence and the uniqueness of who you are? What if all of these things were true in this moment? I present to you the possibility that they are. And all we need to learn to do is to get out of the way. Because if you could do all of these things right now in this moment, you would move well along the path of enlightenment. And this is really the design of the cycle of transformation. And that is to give you the skills shamanically and the skills personally to be able to do all of those things, to align and embody your divine self, to clear your shadow self, to clear your fears of the future and awaken your inner dreamer, to embody that unique, authentic self, to embrace yourself, your body, your heart, and all things as they are right now. And so if you need help with this, if you want this, and you need help with this, you know where to find me. The cycle starts in May. You're welcome to join us. But this path of transformation is available to you. And I do believe that along the way, enlightenment will come. And I believe that more enlightenment comes along the way than as the primary focus of your day. That to live from this place of understanding 
know, we must transform. The path is available to you, but it's not available by accident or hope or wishful thinking. You do have to choose it, and then you have to choose it again every day. And you will need to ask for help along this path. It is the single most powerful role that shamanism plays in the transformational process. It gives us the ability to ask spirit, each one of us, the ability to ask spirit directly for help. And in that, to see what is the path and what is wishful thinking disguised as intuition, that the spirits help us with this. And this is especially important now when there's so little support around us to live fearlessly, to live generously, and to demand of ourselves a life of meaning and to show up each day in ways that allow that meaning to unfold. There's so little support around us in our American culture to live that way. But shamanism and a shamanic community, shamanic teachings can bring this to you. So I encourage you to know that you can live it now. You can live it well. And I invite you to take that step forward and live it with courage. So thank you all for joining me here today. I give thanks to the ancestors who gathered round the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. And next week we're going to talk about social shamanism, where we are, why we're there, and where we could be with shamanism in our lives today. Thank you all for joining me and have a great week.